Hey, hold up. Can we cut the music for a second? Thanks. Sorry to interrupt. My name's Lane Farber, and I'm the producer of Nature Nerds. I just wanted to jump in at the top of the show to address the elephant in the room. Now, which one of y'all brought in the elephant? I'm not mad. I just wish I'd known in advance so I could have bought more snacks. Now that that's been addressed, we can talk about the problem that our nation is currently facing, COVID-19. I'm not going to give you statistics or a news update. I simply paused the show to tell y'all this. Parents and caregivers, we're here for you. With nationwide quarantine being enforced, many of y'all are now responsible for your children's education. Being an educator is not an easy task. And being asked to become one overnight, well, that's even more difficult. If you know of anyone that's looking for a fun, educational way to entertain their children, please direct them to this podcast. Nature Nerds is a free resource for parents and children produced by an educator. I'm happy to talk to any parents feeling the strain of this new challenge and eager to suggest nature-inspired lesson plans for kids. Please feel free to reach out. You can contact me at nature.nerds.with.lane at gmail.com. Now grab your nature journals and your safari hats. It's time for an adventure. Editors, cue the music. Oh, wait, that's me. Gotta go. Meredith, are you going to finish the apple mom packed you? Nah, I'm full. Do you want it? Yes, please. Here you go. What? Honeycrisp are my favorite. So, Miss Lane, are we going to observe the mystery plant or animal after we finish our picnic? We've been observing it this whole time, Lily. Really? We've been here 20 minutes, and all I've seen is people in grass Ooh, and... we also saw that cute dog playing frisbee. Oh, yeah. He was cute. Wait, are we learning about dogs? That would be so cool. I want- Slow down there, Lily. We aren't observing dogs today. We're gonna look at something much smaller. Wesley said y'all looked at grass last time. Are we observing grass again? No, we won't be looking at little blades of grass. What are we observing then? Well, let's pick up our trash first and then try to figure that out. Go on, the garbage can is right over there. Okay. Hey, wait, me first. You'll always go first. That's because I was born first. By like 10 minutes. That's still first. Ugh, you are- Girls, if you keep arguing, you're gonna miss today's friend. Um, Miss Lane? I know you're a nature expert and all, but that's- That's a trash can. We aren't observing the trash can. We're observing the things around it. Oh, good. I was worried being out in the sun was making you a little loopy. Yeah, me too. So, we're learning about the things around the trash can. Hmm, let's see. They're tiny and can fly. Most likely some type of bug. Bugs that buzz around trash cans? That's an easy one. They must be flies. Case closed. Now, let's see if that dog with the frisbee is still around. Uh, Lily? I don't think those are flies. What do you mean? Trash can? Plus bugs equals flies. That's simple science, Mare. They are bugs, that's for sure, but not flies. Meredith is right. Take a closer look, Lily. I guess they don't look exactly like flies. What do they look like? Well, they have two wings and one, two, three. 
six tiny legs and are covered with tiny hairs. The hairs on these creatures play a very important purpose. What purpose do they serve? One question at a time. First, we have to figure out what these little creatures are. I think I might have figured that part out. What are they, Meredith? They're bees. The black and yellow stripes sort of gave it away. Oh yeah, I guess I wasn't looking very close. Once we get an idea in our head, it can be challenging to change our mind. You saw small creatures flying around a trash can and thought, those are flies. Then you looked for clues that confirmed your theory. Tiny flying animals, two wings, like to hang out around trash. We call this confirmation bias. Sorry, Miss Lane. I won't jump to conclusions next time. I'll review all of the evidence in front of me first. That sounds like a good plan. Also remember not to be so hard on yourself. We all make mistakes. It's important to make mistakes. That way we can learn from them. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And anyway, you weren't super off base. How so? Well, you figured out that it was an insect. <laughs> yeah. Gotta start somewhere. Miss Lane, what makes something an insect? Insects come in all shapes and sizes, but they have three things in common. A segmented body, jointed legs, and an exoskeleton. I've heard of an exoskeleton before. An exoskeleton is a hard, protective layer on the outside of an insect's body. Yeah, it's sort of like if we had our skeleton on the outside of our bodies. Exactly. Insects also have jointed legs, which means they're designed to bend and flex. Humans have jointed legs too. Yeah, our knees allow us to bend and flex. Correct. Insects also have segmented bodies. That means that their bodies are divided into three separate sections. The head, the thorax, and the abdomen. Cool. All right, I think it's about time we figure out exactly what kind of insect we're observing. We already figured that out. They're bees. Yes, but what kind of bee? Aren't all bees the same? No, there are thousands of different species of bee. So what type of bee are we looking at? Why don't we consult a field guide and see if we can find the answer to that question? Hmm, this book on insects of North America might be helpful. Let me check the appendix. Here we go. Bees and wasps, page 35 through 50. That's a lot of pages. Well, apparently there are a lot of bees. Wait, Mare, go back a page. There, that bee looks just like the ones on the trash can. Huh, the colors and patterns do match. Miss Lane, I think we found our animal friend. Yeah, it's the European honeybee. Great work, girls. We're looking at a couple of European honeybees. Worker honeybees, to be specific. Oh man, she's making bee puns. Yeah, bad bee puns. Don't encourage her. You read my mind. Ooh, my turn. What am I thinking? Hmm, you were wondering why Miss Lane called them worker bees. Wrong. I was thinking about the frisbee dog again, but that's a good question. Miss Lane, what are worker bees? Worker bees are the bees that perform a number of different jobs in a bee colony. Bees have jobs? Yeah. There are many important roles that need to be filled to keep a bee colony running smoothly. What are the different jobs? Yeah. And how do the bees know what role they are supposed to fill? Those are both great questions. And I think I know just the man who can help us get some answers. Is he a bee scientist? No, he's a plumber. A plumber? Yes. He's a plumber and a beekeeper. That makes more sense. Let's get in the car and pay him a visit. Okay. Shotgun! Hey, no fair! You had it on the way here. Snooze you lose, Mayor. Race you for it? You're on. Ready? Set? Hey, cheater! Snooze you lose, Lily. Get back here! Here we are, girls. Where are we? This is my friend Robert's house. He's in the backyard tending to his hives. Come on, let's go talk with him. 
There he is. Hey, Robert. Oh, hi. Hi. Come on in. Wait, should we be getting so close to the bees without a protective suit? We'll be fine. Bees are actually quite gentle. Bees are gentle? I don't believe it. They're always stinging people. As long as you're, they don't see you as a threat, they're not going to sting you. Robert is just doing some routine checks on his colonies. Nothing that they'll find threatening. Okay, but if I get stung, I'm going to be real cranky. I guess that's fair. Getting stung is not a fun experience. Luckily for us, we have a well-practiced beekeeper to keep us safe. Robert, I'd like you to meet nature cadets Lily and Meredith. They have a couple of questions about what goes on inside a beehive. Yeah, Miss Lane said all bees have jobs. What jobs do bees have? So the general thing is that you have a, um, a queen bee, and her job is to lay eggs. The drones are the male um, bees. They you know, mate with the queen, and they can have baby bees. And then you have your worker bees, and they are made up of different sections. Your nurse bees are the younger bees. They take care of the queen, take care of the hive, um, defend the, um, the hive between, from, from pests, and scout bees looking for food. So the worker bees do most of the work, but the queen bee is in charge of the colony, right? You know, most people believe that it's the queen and it's more like a monarchy that we have like in England, you know? But it doesn't really work like that. It's, um, we always say that it's a council of bees because as soon as the queen stops reproducing in a manner that um, that is acceptable to the hive. They'll kill her off. Wow, brutal. Wait, without the queen, how will the colony survive? The worker bees will just run the colony. They already do most of the work. Worker bees keep the hive running, but the queen lays the eggs. Without her, there will be no more baby bees. Lily's right. Without a queen, the colony will quickly fall apart. That's why worker bees make a new queen bee. How do they make a new queen bee? They feed a baby bee lots of royal jelly. What's royal jelly? Royal jelly is a thick goo that worker bees secrete out of their bodies. Ew! The idea of royal jelly might be gross to humans, but to bees, it's an important part of a baby's diet. All baby bees are fed the nutrient-rich goo for a few days. If workers want to make a new queen, they'll keep feeding a baby bee royal jelly. Why? Continuing to feed the baby royal jelly causes special changes to happen in its body. The most important change is that it causes the development of reproductive organs. We learned about the reproductive system in school this semester. Animals use reproductive organs to make babies. Oh, so now that baby bee will be able to lay eggs. Exactly. Why is she getting so close to me? She's just checking to make sure you aren't a threat to the hive. I mean you no harm, little bee. Please leave me alone. She's flying back to the hive, Lily. No need to panic. But what if she's going to tell all of her other bee friends that I'm a threat? You're gonna be fine, Lily. She didn't mark you. Mark me? With what? Pheromones. What's a pheromone? Ah, an unfamiliar vocabulary word. Why don't we check in with our trusty friend, Jerry the Jargon Robot? Uh, Miss Lane, we aren't at the research station. Yeah, Jerry isn't here. Or is she? Check this out. You made her into an app? Cool. Yeah. She was getting lonely being stuck at the station all day. Aw, look. App Jerry even has original Jerry's cute little pixelated face. Hi, Jerry. Hello, girls. Jerry, we were hoping you could help us with a vocabulary word. Yeah, what's a pheromone? Pheromones are chemical signals created by animals 
to communicate with members of their own species. Oh, I see. Thanks, Jerry. You're welcome. So bees use their sense of smell to communicate? Yeah, they also communicate in another interesting way. What other ways do they communicate? They have a dance. When a scout bee goes out and says, hey, I found nectar at this point, they will come back to the hive, they'll go and they'll do a dance. In that dance, they're able to read the direction of which way they should fly and for how long. That's so cool. Yeah, it's like an interpretive dance for bees. Their movements tell a story. Let me try. Um, you want to go on a hike? You, uh, you can't find your pet dragon. No? No. Okay. I got it. You lost your sneaker while visiting the eye doctor. No. Ugh. I was trying to say I'm hungry. Again? What we just ate? That was like a whole hour ago, Meredith. We can pick up some snacks on our way home. Thank you for meeting with us, Robert. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Robert. Jinx. Lily, you can have a piece of candy, but you have to get a healthy snack, too. Okay. I guess I'll go with the roasted almonds. Those count, right? Yes. And can you please unjinx your sister? She looks like she's about to explode. Ugh, I guess. Jinx over, Mayor. You can- Why do the bees need saving? Whoa, easy there, Meredith. What do you mean? Sorry. I've been dying to ask this since we left Mr. Roberts' house. I saw he had a bumper sticker on his car that said, Save the bees. What's wrong with the bees? Why do they need saving? Oh, I see. The phrase, save the bees, has become very popular in recent years because of increased rates of colony loss. What's colony loss? It's when a colony falls apart because the queen and worker bees are killed by a variety of factors they can't control. What exactly is killing the bees? Why is this happening? Thousands of entomologists around the globe are conducting research to find answers to those very questions. You wouldn't happen to know such a scientist, now would you? As a matter of fact, I do. Let me send him a text and see if he can meet with us. Okay, why don't we go check out while we wait for... That was fast. Looks like Dr. O'Shea Weller can meet with us around 3 p.m. Let's buy our snacks and get on the road. What are we waiting for? Let's go. So why are we meeting the bee scientist at a coffee shop? Isn't it obvious, Meredith? Clearly, he's working on top-secret government research. So secretive that we wouldn't even be granted access to his laboratory. Very creative, Lily. But I'm afraid the answer is much simpler. What is it? He wanted coffee. Oh, that makes more sense. Now let's see. There he is, far corner of the room. Hey, Thomas. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing well. Thanks for asking. Girls, I'd like you to meet Dr. Thomas O'Shea Weller. Hi there. Hello. Dr. O'Shea Weller is the project manager for the Honey Bee Research Program at Louisiana State University. He's been nice enough to lend us a few minutes of his time, so why don't y'all go ahead and ask your questions? Miss Lane said you were working on helping to save the bees. Why do they need saving? They're just bees. It very much the answer to that depends on who you ask, but if you're a farmer, for example, um, 
honeybees are really great because they pollinate your crops. Like if you eat almonds, all of the almonds that you eat have to be pollinated by honeybees because they're grown in California. If you're, say, a conservationist, um, you might be more interested in how natural species of bees pollinate rare flowers and uh, how they help to support um, different habitats and environments. Yeah, bees play a major role in maintaining a healthy ecosystem. How exactly do bees pollinate plants? Bees fly from plant to plant collecting nectar and pollen to bring back to their hive so the rest of the colony can eat. The pollen clings to the little hairs on their fuzzy bodies and is stored in tiny pouches on their legs called pollen baskets. When a bee travels to a different flower of the same species, some of the pollen falls off of its body and onto the new flower. Oh, so the bees aren't trying to pollinate the flowers. Yeah, it's just a happy accident. In fact, bees are so good at accidentally pollinating plants that they're used for commercial pollination. What's that? Commercial pollination is a system where farmers pay for bees to pollinate their crops. They pay the bees? <laughs> no, they pay beekeepers. In exchange for the money, beekeepers bring their hives to fields for a period of time so the bees can pollinate the crops. But bees are so small. How much can they really be helping? Every third bite of food that you take has been probably either directly or indirectly um, pollinated or produced by bees because there are so many crops that we grow, especially in countries like America, that rely on honeybees or wild bees to pollinate them. And so without bees, you really wouldn't have a lot in the way of uh, food for yourself. Okay, bees are important, obviously, but what's being done to save them? That's where scientists like Dr. O'Shea Weller come in. Well, the research I'm currently conducting is looking at honeybees um, in America, the, the honeybees that are moved around the country to pollinate different crops and trying to work out um, how we can improve their health and um, stop colonies from dying. Because every year, like a large percentage, up to around 30% of the colonies that have been sent off to pollinate crops actually die. And it's obviously a big problem because people like food and <laughs> we need to pollinate all of our crops and if we're having a large loss of bees each year it's costing a lot of money and it's not really sustainable so my role here is kind of really defining what things do we need to worry about really well what do we need to worry about the same things that make people sick disease poor diet stress and even changes in the weather what diseases do bees get there's a lot of different diseases that can affect honeybees and so one of the worst ones is parasitic mites um, called varroa mites, and they can really destroy your colonies. So it's often a good idea to monitor the levels of these within the hives. And then if they get too high, you can treat them with like a mite treatment, a bit like you would your cat or dog for, for ticks or lice. Aw, poor bees. Those mites sound terrible. Yeah. One of the other things we really need to think about when we think about the health of bees is the uh, kind of habitats that they're exposed to. So if they're in different crops, they're really only getting one type of food. Because they're not getting a varied diet, it can be damaging uh, and we need to make sure that they're getting the correct nutrition. On top of that, we have the chemicals and things that are sprayed onto the crops. So you have pesticides and herbicides. And there's always concern that a lot of these chemicals can damage the bees. But they're bees. Can't they just fly around until they find different plants? Yes, but they can only fly so far. And if a bee colony has been brought to an almond grove to pollinate crops, almond trees might be the only source of pollen for miles and miles. Huh. I guess I wouldn't be doing so well if I ate the same thing all day, every day. Yeah, especially if the food was covered in potentially toxic chemicals. Good point. 
Another problem with commercial pollination is that it stresses the bees out. How so? Well, the bees are packaged up and shipped across the country to an unfamiliar location. That kind of thing could stress anyone out. Oh yeah, moving is really stressful. Our friend moved to Wisconsin last year, and she said her mom was so stressed that all of her hair turned gray. Wow. Well, on the plus side, silver hair is very in these days. Yeah, but she started an Instagram account with the name Silver Foxy Mama. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, so I get how disease and diet and stress can harm bees, but changes in weather? How could that possibly affect the bees? Small changes can have a big effect on little creatures. Bees are sensitive to temperature. If their habitat is too hot or too cold, they may not survive. Oh, I see. Also, changes in the climate can affect a bee's natural rhythms. What do you mean? Bees are in tune with the seasons. That's how they know to hibernate in the winter and to wake up just in time for the spring flowers to bloom. If spring comes early because of an unseasonably warm winter, the bees might oversleep and wake up to find very little left to eat. Oh, it's like when Dad forgot to move the clock forward an hour and we showed up late for Uncle Bill's barbecue. Oh yeah, Aunt Carol and her kids ate all of the good food and we were left with jello and macaroni salad. <laughs> Interesting analogy, girls. Huh, looks like your mom has to pick y'all up a little early today. We better get a move on or we won't have time to write our entry in the Fabulously Fabulous Nature Journal. Way ahead of you, Miss Lane. What do you mean? Lily's already in the car. What? Lily! Thanks for meeting with us, Dr. O'Shea Weller. Lily! Have a great day! The Fabulously Fabulous Nature Journal! Yay! European Honeybees by Lily, Meredith, and Miss Lane. Honeybees are small flying insects. Like all insects, honeybees have segmented bodies, jointed legs, and an external skeleton known as an exoskeleton. There are over 20,000 different species of bee. One of the most well-known species of bee is the European honeybee. These little guys are less than one inch long, are covered in small hairs, and have distinctive black and yellow stripes. Honeybees live in large groups called colonies. Each bee plays an important role in helping keep the colony running smoothly. Most of the bees in a colony are worker bees. These little ladies do key tasks, like taking care of baby bees, collecting food, and protecting the hive from predators. Each colony has a few male bees known as drones. Their job is to fertilize eggs. Lastly, there is the queen bee. Each colony has one queen whose job is to lay eggs. All bees follow the orders of the queen, but if she doesn't do her job, the worker bees will replace her. Honey bees are an important part of our ecosystem because they pollinate commercial crops and wild plants. In recent years, Honeybee populations have dropped. Studies suggest things like poor diet, disease, stress, and climate change are partially responsible for colony loss. Scientists around the world are conducting research on bees in order to figure out the best ways to help them. The little honeybee makes a big impact on the world around us, so let's all do our part to help them thrive. Spread the word, save the bees. Thank you for listening to the third episode of Nature Nerds. If you like what you heard, share it with your friends, family, teachers, or your pet fish bubbles. 
Hey there, Bubbles. Nature Nerds is designed for kids with the help of kids. This month's Nature Cadets were twin sisters, Lily and Meredith Adams. If you or someone you know is interested in becoming a Nature Cadet, please contact us at nature.nerds.with.lane at gmail.com. While the dialogue between characters is scripted, the interviews are not. Special thanks to this month's experts, Dr. Thomas O'Shea Weller and Robert Williams. Nature Nerds is made possible by a wonderful team of local artists. Theme music by Ben Ross, cover art by Tori Briggs, and additional sounds by Jeremiah Turner. Produced, written, and hosted by Lane Farber. Eager for more? Don't fret. Nature Nerds will be coming back with a new episode on April 27th. Until then, you can become a part of the community by following us online. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Nature Nerds with Lane. Community feedback becomes a part of the show. This month, we answered a question from community member Sierra Torres, who wanted to know, what's the connection between bees and almonds? To have one of your questions featured on a future episode, follow us online. And until next time, stay wild, nature nerds.